Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from social media, news articles, his past audiobook recordings, and other spoken word projects, including those great writing projects that you send in. And now, here's your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you very much, Mr. Announcer, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. Today, we are going to celebrate some of my most favorite comedian, uh, John Oliver, from last week tonight. And I'll be back right after this. Miles Junction, Rust Belt, USA, where hope is scarce and hardship is a way of life. It's but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Their lives and others are linked by a ruined yet starkly beautiful post-industrial landscape, a desolate vestige of our fractured American dream. In just the right light, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain. Written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. elected without any prior experience as a human being. <laughs> now, this, this morning, Trump actually had some major news for us, that Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS, had been killed. And in classic Trump fashion, he was able to take something fundamentally positive and express it in the weirdest imaginable way. Because here is how he described the operation. They did a lot of shooting, and they did a lot of blasting, even not going through the front door. You know, you'd think you go through the door. If you're a normal person, you say, knock, knock, may I come in? Uh, the fact is that they blasted their way into uh, the house. They had a beautiful big hole, and they ran in, and they got everybody by surprise. What are you doing? <laughs> Did Trump only just learn how soldiers work? Listen, these guys are amazing. They, they got these chameleon suits and big shooties and blasties. They don't say, knock, knock. No, they don't do that like a normal person. They go through big, beautiful holes, and they shout surprise. A lot of people are learning about this for the first time. This is new to a lot of people. But wait, because you haven't yet heard, Trump paid tribute to one crucial member of the team. Our canine, as they call, I call it a dog. <laughs> a beautiful dog. A talented dog. That's right. I call them dogs, not like other people who call them furry lizards or barking cats or elephants but smaller and different. To me, they are and forever will be dogs. That's my term for them that I made up. 
And, what, and look, while Baghdadi being gone is clearly great news, I'd actually like to focus tonight on a different decision Trump recently made in the same region, and one that I would argue could have more long-term ramifications and which tells us much more about his decision-making as Commander-in-Chief. It's a move that alarmed many, even his cheerleaders on Fox & Friends. The United States is going to start pulling troops from Turkey's border in Syria. That announcement last night. Stunning. Uh, the White House says it's clearing the way for Turkish troops to invade. A disastrous well, series of events. I hope the president will rethink this. Wow. You know things are bad for Trump when he's even lost the support of Fox and Friends, a show whose actual slogan is President Trump's dick is 17 inches long and thick <laughs> as a tree trunk. That's the real slogan. Now, very basically, what happened here was Trump suddenly and against the counsel of nearly all his advisers pulled back troops along the Syria-Turkey border here, who had been working with Kurdish-led forces to contain ISIS. And it wasn't just that. Our presence there also helped protect Kurdish civilians from Turkey, ISIS, and the Syrian government. And our troop withdrawal has had immediate consequences. Turkish forces moved in almost as soon as we left, and over 100 civilians have been killed, with nearly 200,000 displaced. It has been a catastrophe. And this move has been nearly universally condemned. It's been criticised by everyone, from Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren to Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, the last of whom did not mince his words. To abandon these people is a real shit show, and I'm hoping President Trump will reconsider. He's about to make the biggest mistake of his presidency. I hope he adjusts. A shit show. Although, to be fair, Lindsey Graham always looks like he's just said that exact phrase. <laughs> you know, I come into this Bojangles every Sunday. Every Sunday. And I have never seen service like this. My chicken is damp. My biscuit is cold. My day is ruined. People, this is a real shit show right here. I will take my order to go. To go! I am flustered! And, <laughs> of course... That was John Oliver, uh, taken from, of course, YouTube. To give you an idea, uh, if you are not uh, familiar with John and his comedy, his mostly political-centered uh, comedy uh, of what he's like, I think he is probably the funniest comedian on television today. I really do. And I watch YouTube, uh, like his show, clips from his show on YouTube more than regular network TV. It's far funnier. I laugh consistently through the whole thing. It's very funny. And it's, you know, if you are a, a non-Trumper, it's hilariously funny. So I've... I don't usually go for the British comedians. I don't care for uh, Ricky Gervais or Russell Brand, especially Russell Brand. How can you lose the wife that he had? Uh, I, I don't know how he pulled that one off, but uh, I don't think either one are that funny, especially Russell Brand. Um but I do, uh, you know, I do very much uh, care for, for John Oliver. And um, for those of you who don't know much about John, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him right now. John William Oliver is a British comedian, writer, producer, 
political commentator, actor, and television host. Oliver started his career as a stand-up comedian in the United Kingdom. He came to wider attention for his work in the U.S. on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart as its senior British correspondent from 2006 to 2013. Oliver won three Primetime Emmy Awards for writing for The Daily Show and was its guest host for an eight-week period in 2013. In addition, Oliver co-hosted the satirical comedy podcast The Bugle with Andy Zaltzman, with whom Oliver had previously co-hosted the radio series Political Animal and hosted John Oliver's New York stand-up show on Comedy Central from 2010 to 2013. He has also acted on television, most notably in a recurring role as Ian Duncan on the NBC sitcom Community, and in films, notably voiceover work in The Smurfs, The Smurfs 2, and the 2019 remake of The Lion King. He is now a naturalized U.S. citizen. Since 2014, Oliver has been the host of the HBO series Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He has received widespread critical and popular recognition for his work on the series, whose influence over U.S. culture, legislation, and policymaking has been dubbed the John Oliver Effect. For his work on Last Week Tonight, Oliver has won eight Emmy Awards and two Peabody Awards and was included in the 2015 Time 100, being described as a comedic agent of change, powerful because he isn't afraid to tackle important issues thoughtfully without fear or apology. Many have described Oliver's work as journalism or investigative journalism, a claim both Oliver himself and other journalists dispute. Oliver joined The Daily Show with Jon Stewart as its senior British correspondent in July 2006. He says he was interviewed for the show on the recommendation of comedian Ricky Gervais, who had never met Oliver but was familiar with his work. Two weeks after the interview, he got the job, flying from London to New York on a Sunday and unexpectedly appearing on camera the next day. Oliver received Emmy Awards for Outstanding Writing in 2009, 2011, and 2012. During the summer of 2013, Oliver guest-hosted The Daily Show for eight weeks, while Stewart directed his film, Rosewater. Oliver's performance received positive reviews, with some critics suggesting that he should eventually succeed Stewart as the host or receive his own show. CBS discussed the possibility of Oliver replacing Craig Ferguson on The Late Late Show. Three months after his Daily Show hosting, HBO announced it was giving Oliver his own late-night show. In May 2018, Australian actor Russell Crowe donated approximately $80,000 to the Australia Zoo Wildlife Hospital for the creation and naming of the John Oliver Koala Chlamydia Award. Oliver had previously bought several movie props screen used by Crowe in an auction, including his jockstrap from the movie Cinderella Man, which he sent to the last Alaskan blockbuster video store for exhibition. Crowe then donated the proceeds from the auction towards the establishment of the Chlamydia Award named after Oliver, calling it a cool way to honor him. Crowe visited the award in early 2020, posing with the nameplate bearing Oliver's name. Oliver lives in New York City with his wife, Kate Norley, an Iraq War veteran who served as a United States Army medic. Oliver has said that they met at the 2008 Republican National Convention, he was doing a piece for The Daily Show, and Norley was campaigning with Vets for Freedom. She and other veterans hid Oliver, 
the other correspondents, and the camera crew from security. The two married in October 2011 and have two sons, one born prematurely in 2015 and one born in 2018. Oliver occasionally wears a 1st Cavalry Division lapel pin, his wife's unit in Iraq. He has a younger sister who lives in Australia. Okay, I, I, I need to explain this a little bit. And uh, here it is. Back in Christmas of 2017, the one of the daughters, or uh, the daughter Charlotte, the daughter of Mike Pence and his wife, Karen, uh, presented a bunny that they named Marlon Bundo. And Karen Pence, Mike Pence's wife, the mom of the family, decided to make a children's book about being vice president, a day in the life of being vice president through the eyes of this bunny, Marlon Bundo. And Karen, of course, did the drawings, which are actually pretty decent. So, of course, later on, um, John Oliver uh, really ran with this idea and had uh, a few of his writers write their own version of the Marlon Bundo story. And uh, now, as I've said in previous podcasts, this is a children's book, so the pictures are very important. You have to use your imagination since this isn't video. You know that by now. Just thought I'd say it again. So anyway, here is a little bit more information. And after that, we'll go right into the Marlon Bundo story. John Oliver is a comedian who has been sharply critical of President Trump and Vice President Pence. Since Trump's election, his weekly television show, Last Week Tonight, has become increasingly popular. When Oliver learned of the impending publication of A Day in the Life of the Vice President, he asked two members of his staff, Jill Twiss and E.J. Keller, to write and illustrate another children's story entitled A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. Oliver worked closely with Twiss and Keller in producing the manuscript. A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo Hello, my name is Marlon Bundo, and I'm a bunny. I live with Mom, Grandma, and Grandpa in an old stuffy house on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Observatory. That's because my grandpa is the vice president. His name is Mike Pence. My very special day started out like every other day. I woke up all alone. Then I ate a fine bunny breakfast all alone. While I watched the news, all alone. You see, sometimes old stuffy houses are also lonely. After breakfast, Grandma suggested I go with Grandpa to his office. But the office, I knew, was even more stuffy and lonely than the house. So I said no, and went out to the garden instead. That is when I saw him. He was a big fluffy bunny with the floppiest floppy ears and the bushiest bushy tail. He was bunny beautiful. I was standing still, 
but being near him made me feel like my heart was still hopping. My name is Marlin, I said, but my family calls me Botus. It's short for Bunny of the United States. It's a long story. My name is Wesley, and my family calls me Wesley, said Wesley. Wesley and I hopped together all around the garden. We hopped over daisies. We hopped over tiny carrots that weren't ready to grow up and be lunches yet. We hopped over Phil and Dennis. Once we had hopped through every part of the garden, we didn't want to stop hopping. So we hopped right inside the old stuffy house. We hopped up and down the creaky stairs and made beautiful creaky stair music together. We hopped through the kitchen and maybe left a few bunny prints. It was a very good hop. It was the best hop. And I realized something. When I hopped with Wesley, my old stuffy house didn't feel lonely anymore. At the end of our hop, I said, Wesley, I don't want to hop without you ever again. And Wesley said, That's funny, because I never want to hop without you, Marlon Bundo, ever again. And we both said, We will get married and hop together forever. You can't get married. We looked around and saw that the scary voice was coming from the stink bug. Let me tell you a little bit about the stink bug. The stink bug was in charge. He was important. None of the other animals could quite work out why he was in charge or how he was important, but he was. And that meant he made the rules. That meant all the animals listened to him, though he was, and this is true, very stinky. Boy bunnies don't marry boy bunnies, said the stink bug. Boy bunnies have to marry girl bunnies. But this is the bunny I love, said Wesley. And this is the bunny I love, said me, Marlon Bundo. Just being next to Wesley made me a little braver. Too bad, said the stink bug. I am the stinkiest and I am important. I am the stinkiest and I am in charge. Boy bunnies marry girl bunnies. Girl bunnies marry boy bunnies. This is the way it has always been. You are different and different is bad. Everyone is different and different is not bad, said Scooter, who is a turtle. Different is special. Wait, said Mr. Paws, who's a very good dog and also a very smart dog. Wait a minute. We get to decide who is in charge. We get to decide who is important. We can vote. And on this very special day, all the animals voted on who they wanted to have in charge. Hooray, said me, Marlon Bundo. Hooray, said Wesley. Hooray, said all of our friends, because that is what friends say. No boomed the stink bug. Boy bunnies can't marry boy bunnies. You are not in charge. So, Wesley and I got married. We had two handsome groom otters named Muffins and Cubby, and a flower mouse named Hiccup. We ate and drank and danced the hokey pokey. Dill Prickle was especially good. 
and the ceremony was performed by a cat named Pajama, who brought her wife as her date. And I hope you liked that little story about Marlon Bundo the bunny. I do want to mention uh, a former castmate of mine actually appeared in the audio, in an audio version of this book. And I don't know if this was a special thing that, that had a limited release, but uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who played Mitchell, of course, on Modern Family for many years, uh, actually is in a recording of this book produced, of course, by John Oliver. And if you see it anywhere, I suggest you get it because Jesse is a terrific actor. And uh, I think you'll probably enjoy that, maybe even more than mine. But <laughs> so I, I hope you enjoyed that today. So that should do it for this episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends. Be sure to email me at Tom Reads Your Story at yahoo.com to send in your book, article, or poetry for me to, to read on the podcast, or if you just have uh, some questions about the show that you would like answered. As always, thank you to Anchor.fm for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I very much appreciate it. I hope you and your friends come back real soon. Have a great day. Stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.